Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my co-partner cool and crime, Angel. How are we doing today? Good, good. It's a lovely Wednesday. Oh, Thursday, actually. We usually put on Wednesdays. Thursday night. Are we here? Are we here it's, been, it's been a while since we recorded. Sick. I think it was like uh, Friday, actually, was the last mm-hmm. time we recorded. So it's been almost a whole week. So... But baseball is back. That's the other big thing, too, going around Major League oh, yeah. Baseball. Pitchers and catchers. Over. Yeah, Super Bowl's over. We did not do the giveaway because we both had the 49ers. What what a Super Bowl that was, though. Yeah. I I don't know if you heard the reports that the 49ers said they did not know the overtime rules. Like To me, that's just – that can't happen. And the biggest game of the year, not knowing the overtime rules, because I was surprised. When uh, Fred Warner said they wanted the ball when they won the toss in overtime, I was like, yikes. I, I, like, to me, it was like maybe they're trying to get a defensive break because they were just on the field. But as you, as you saw, that was a, a bad call on their part. But if you look at it, looking back at it, I mean, I think they were on third and two. And they were right next to, you know, obviously they're, you know, for a touchdown there. I'm pretty sure there was like on the 20 25 maybe but they yeah. were still in the zone they they had a chance mm-hmm. um i know they showed a replay uh brandon Ayuk wide open in uh in the end zone on i think it was the fourth quarter not the overtime yeah. uh stating but in the fourth quarter in that last drive wide open in the end zone and obviously did not get their uh missed block on the 49ers too to not get that touchdown but patrick mahomes another Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl, I would say. It really, honestly, at his age, at this moment, you have to consider him possibly almost the GOAT. Greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's still up there. But Patrick Mahomes, what he's done, he's I mean, he's still young, too. Still got Travis Kelsey, one of his best uh, receivers on that team. I mean, sky's the limit for KC right now. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they kind of re- remind me of the Astros, too. I mean... There's just like on par, but just a different sport. And that window's still wide open for the Chiefs. Like you said, just having Patrick Mahomes. I feel like having Patrick Mahomes on the center always puts the Chiefs in the in the window for another championship. Yeah, but you just can't give Pat Mahomes the ball like with Brady. You just can't give him the ball with the like a minute thirty, a minute left in the quarter yeah. because by all means he, he's gonna do whatever he can to win that game. And sure enough, he did that for the Super Bowl. But um Without Tyreek Hill, too. Think about that. They they traded away him. They got some picks. They got some picks for him. And look at the picks, what they've done. I mean, the defense looked remarkable. This is probably one of their best defenses, I'd say, in a good while, and at least in the championship terms of the KC run that they've had. So congrats to them. They went to Disneyland. Um, another shout out I want to give out to Chris Farley. Chris Farley would have been 60 years old today. Oh, wow. So can can you name me a movie though on Chris Farley? You know, I'm terrible at movies, dude. Come on now. Tommy Boy, at least. Tommy Boy. A terrible movie, I'm telling you. I don't I, I don't watch a lot of movies. Dude, Tommy Boy is a legendary movie with Chris Farley in it. With him and David Spade. The young David Spade, too, is classic. But nobody wants yeah. to hear about that. Baseball's back, like we said. Uh, pitchers and catchers reported on February 14th for the Astros, of course, as well for Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that. Um, Astros right now, because the title of this is episode 158, Concern 
at Astro Spring Training, um, two pitchers right now in particular dealing with some little minor setback with a little minor in uh, injury. But we'll, we'll discuss that here in a minute. Josh Hader has been officially announced as the Astros closer for the upcoming 24 season. And that was cooking around the offseason because the season's almost here. I think the Astros' first game is on February 24th, I believe, against the Washington right. Nationals. So it's almost that time. It is almost that time to see um, the Astros take the field since game seven of the ALCS. But let's start off with the pitchers that are hurt. Or well, not hurt, but like we like we were talking about, there, there's a minor setback. Uh, Justin Verlander, J.P. France, talked to the media Wednesday and shared some, I'd say, some difficult news. Let's start off with J.V. real quick, Angel. Uh, Verlander is dealing with a shoulder issue and has put him behind his throwing schedule. This was on Wednesday. He has only thrown off the mound three times during the offseason. Uh, quote from Verlander tell, uh, talking to the media. He said, I had a little hiccup early on that's resolved itself. But I have to be really cautious at how I'm building up. I guess my body doesn't respond the same at 40 as it did at 25. I'm a couple of weeks behind. Um, obviously, too, this could impact him becoming the starter for opening day because that's been the guy that the Astros go to as the opening day starter. Of course, they're going to be opening the weekend with the New York Yankees. So you're possibly you're not going to see that Garrett Cole and JV um, start. I mean, that that would be a legendary start, not just for the Astros, but for the Yankees, but for Major League Baseball as well. Um, but Thursday comes along, and then you saw the videos. You've seen uh, the reports. Verlander did throw off the mound. So real quick, Angel, let's let's discuss about Verlander, um, because obviously he said he he's he's not 40 years old. He He's not like when he was with the Detroit Tigers, 20 something years old, Cy Young's, no hitters, all that stuff. But he did that in the Nationals uniform, what, 38, 39 years old when he had that Cy Young um, winner in 2022 or 2021, one of those years. So talk to me. I mean, what, what are you thinking about when JV talks about that and then seeing him on the mound today? in this particular state. Yeah. I mean, I think that was a good sign seeing Justin Verlander on the mound again, like Verlander said, he is 40. So, you know, when, you, when things start getting up in age, those, those gears are sometimes hard to, uh, you know, to move along, but once they do get going, it's kind of hard to stop. Right. So I'm not too concerned. I feel like this was a positive uh, step for Justin Verlander. It's just taking it light, you know, like there's no rush to spring training. The games don't count. Just get back into pitching shape. And I think things will go great for the Astros. And if he's not ready by opening day, it's fine. Like, you know, not, like as long as he's not three, four weeks into the season, you know, still hurt, then then that's that's when you look into a problem. But as of right now, there's no concern for like in my opinion. Yeah, and even Joe Espada had talked about that too. That I mean, there there's no major concern on the fact Justin Verlander knows his body. He's the one that had told Espada about it. So that the communications there with the manager and the veteran himself. And then speaking of, like you're talking about, there there's no reason to throw yourself out there already in the early part of the season. You got JP France as well dealing with some type of little injury bug. Uh, France is dealing with right shoulder inflammation. After an MRI revealed, he felt something in his right shoulder in his final bullpen session before spring training camp, and now he's been limited to throwing off flat ground. Uh, this is a quote by France that he was talking to the media. He said, we're taking it day by day. I'm not trying to push it too much. 
not trying to make a week's worth injury in two months, which makes a lot of sense because now if you're thinking about it, you got Verlander and now you got France. Obviously, Luis Garcia's still hurt. He's not going to come till midseason. And same thing as Lance McCullers Jr. So the biggest concern here is do the Astros maybe, possibly, need to look at somebody in the free agent market like a Michael Lorenzen? Um, don't count Blake Snell, but I personally, in my opinion, I don't think the Astros are going to target him. Uh, maybe a one-year, two-year type of guy, um, a veteran that's out there because obviously you're, you're seeing with your ace right now where his state is at. Uh, a little small, mate, not could not be major, but it's small, minor. Um, for a number six guy like J.P. France, uh, what do you think? If you're in, in Dana Brown's shoes, what are you looking at the fact of this whole situation? I feel like they still have some in-house guys uh, they can throw out there. You got Ronel Blanco. You got Brandon Bielek. But the thing with Brandon Bielek is he's out of minor league options. If he would have to go through waivers, um, it would do set him down. Um, they still got Arigetti as well. Hunter Brown is still there, right? So I don't think it's a panic. Like I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. But if you're in the middle of spring training and JP friends and just around are still not ready, it's like, like it might be a few weeks then. I feel like you pull the trigger, but I think right now it's too early. And honestly, if you're JP France, you got two different guys. You got Justin Verlander and you got JP France, right? JP France is going into his what third maybe spring training. Justin Verlander is going into his 19th spring training. So what better guy than to ask for advice in dealing with this injury, right? He's done it before. Like you say, he knows his body. He has the experience. If I'm JB France, I'm I'm asking Justin Verlander, all right, I'm feeling this. I know everybody's like everybody's body's different, right? But he's again having him there for JP France is pretty remarkable and could kind of help in not getting any further injuries as the as the season progresses. Man, dude, you might you might have to suit up. You might have to suit up, get your arm going. Do a little bit of armband work. I know you still got it. I mean, you were an outfielder. You weren't a pitcher. Hey, but by all means. Yeah, that, uh, my arm is dead. And you, yeah. you just can't throw yeah. no line drives. What do you think you could top at if you're on the mound? Give now? Yes. Yeah. Now? now. I, at I the age you. of 40. I kid you, like, not like probably 60, 70. 60? Yeah, say 60. My gosh, I mean, you're playing more Sunday league more than me, and you're saying 60? Dude, man. Like, it's like now every time I throw the ball hard from the outfield. I mean, okay, maybe I can go up to 60. It just hurts. Like, it's all pain right here. It's just just, like, just it's one tough. inning. Just give me three outs. By yeah, you know what? Mean. One pitch. One pitch, I can probably hit 70s. One pitch, that's it. I think I could average about 70. I haven't thrown a ball in a while. But I feel like I can I can average at that time. Uh, just give me a little bit of um, long toss real quick in the outfield, you know, from the line to center field. And give me a little bit of that action real quick. And I, I promise you, I could get to 70 at least. What's up, icy see hot out over in your armor? You know, the, oh, like, you know some, little, some big tiger gay bomb. tiger yeah. bomb as well. You know, the hoeing or bio freezing course. Um, Shaq, if you want to sponsor us for icy hot, by all means, let us know. But but like you said, yeah, I mean, there shouldn't be too concerned. Dana Brown did even mention, too, that they're always in the air to go in the market for some starting pitching via trade, via signing. Um, it doesn't matter. But at this time, I'm like you. I don't think you're passing the panic button 
just yet, just for the fact that Verlander's, you know, it was a good sign to see him throw off the mound today for the Astros. And then JP France, like you were saying, I mean, what better advice to get from a veteran like Justin Verlander's that's been there, what, 19, almost about 20 years? So by all means, you got all the resources around you. And you got some in-house guys as well. Spencer Arigetti is going to be the number one uh, pitching prospect, I'd say, for the Astros to look at. Um, Brandon Bielak, Ronel Blanco. Ronel Blanco has done some starting jobs before in the regular season last year. Uh, he did pitch in the Dominican Republic as well in the Winter League this season. So don't be afraid to use him. But the thing with this team that they have so much depth in their, not their bullpen, but the starting rotation. I mean, you got eight, nine starters. If you, if you take away the injury bug right now, Luis Garcia, um, Lance McCullers Jr., Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, and Jose Arquiti. That's the one I was missing. Eight guys that you could throw. But obviously right now you have some injuries going through. But like we're saying, I mean, it's still the beginning of the spring training. It's nothing to panic about. Not, no big concern of anything like that. The guys are still warming up. Absolutely. So speaking of pitching, we're still in that department. Let's go to the closing role. Um, Hader, of course, like we talked about, Josh Hader is officially the closer for the Houston Astros of the 2024 season. Joe Espada had addressed the media, uh, but he did pull Hader and Presley to his office to form each other their roles. Presley will be pitching in a setup role now while Hader will be closing the games. But don't take that away from him because, I like Dana Brown said, yeah, like Dana Brown said, they got three guys in that back end of the bullpen. Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, and Josh Hader to close some games. But if it's between Hader and Presley, Hader's going to get the nod to close the games. So real quick, Josh Hader did talk to the media on Wednesday. Uh, a quote from him, he said, I think both guys want the best for this. Oh, no, actually, this is Joe Spottam. My fault on my end. Uh, a spotter said, I think both guys want the best for this team. I think the ultimate goal is to hold that trophy at the end of the year. And I think both guys were on board. And obviously, too, you if you remember in the beginning when the Astros did sign Hater, the Astros addressed it with Hater, but they addressed it with Ryan Presley as well, telling him, look, if we bring a guy like this to our bullpen and to this team, it's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us better. And I'm guessing that's how the conversations were. And like they talked about Espada, Brown, true professional of Ryan Presley that he is uh, for taking the information and going with the flow. So now Hader shared his thoughts to the media, and this is what he had to say. Um, quote, when we first signed, Ryan reached out to me and we had conversations beforehand to see every how everybody is doing. That's ultimately what our goal is to just build that relationship and just win ball games at the end of the day. For him and I, we've had a great relationship so far, and we'll try to build off that. I think that's what the ultimate goal is. It's not trying to bang heads with one another. It's not trying to see who has the upper hand, who's the better closer, because if we look at the statistics, both players are great closers. Look at Ryan Presley's in the postseason. He's only allowed one run in 24 or 23 career postseason games. That was remarkable. Very remarkable. And then you got a guy like Hayter. I mean, the bullpen set for the Astros. And then Presley, of course, did speak to the media on Wednesday, but he did speak to them today on Thursday. And this is per Matt Kawahara, who writes for the Houston Chronicle, on Presley on the Astros edition of Josh Hader. Presley said, yeah, it was a surprise, but he makes our team better. 
He's hands down one of the best relievers in the game. When you add him to our bullpen, we're just that much better now. Another quote from Ryan Presley, he said, I get paid to get three outs. It don't matter if it's the fourth inning, fifth inning, anything like that, he had said. So obviously you've seen the maturity from not just Josh Hader, not just Joe Spada, and not just from Ryan Presley. You're you're seeing the whole communication part of the team being all brought together. And you know, Angel, I gotta I gotta talk to you, dude. What's the thoughts? What what is your thoughts when you're getting told about this closing role that hey, Presley, you've done so much for this team, but we're gonna inform you that you're gonna be a setup man. For this coming year, just for the fact Ryan Press, uh, just for the fact Josh Hader's coming in a Nationals uh, uniform. So, what are your thoughts about this whole closing role situation? I think it was expected. Um, when you pay Hader the big bucks, he's gonna get the opportunities. You know, it's just, it's just the way, it's just the way it is, right? But I think Presley took it, like handled it with a, like a true professional, which we, I was expected as well. But something that I really think will happen is yes. Hater will get the majority of the closing role, but I'm not completely setting Ryan Presley off that road. Like if Hater's not, not available, or maybe even Joe Spotter looks a bit more at analytics, maybe the matchup favors Presley. I wouldn't be surprised if Presley gets the ninth inning. But you know, it will take the, the back end of the bullpen sets to be Abreu, Presley, and Hater. But I wouldn't be surprised if Presley gets a few closing opportunities, you know, say for example. If Hader gets around 30 saves, I want to be surprised if Presley gets seven, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and that's a, and that's a good problem to have just because you could play a little bit more matchup uh, heavy. Like, for example, um, we know about Ryan Presley's curveball and the next three hitters can't hit the curveball very well. Well, who are you going to throw out there, right? So it's just, yes, the thing about the bullpen is a team effort, right? So. You can't do it all. It's not like you're a starter where you can like, like you're gonna pitch five plus innings. It's like your job is to get three outs, right? And you gotta hand it over to the next guy. And I think Brian Price not gonna have an issue handing it over to Josh Hader to get the final outs because at the end of the day, there's just stats, right? Stats, um, individual stats at the end of the day don't matter. Like as Father said, the W column is the, um, is the one that matters. I think both guys are here in Houston to win, and. I don't think they care who has the end of the baton, you know, to end, to close the game. Real quick, looking at Ryan Presley's contract, he has a mutual option for next year in 2025, and then 2026 he will be an unrestricted free agent. So he could test the Martin. Obviously, he's going to test the market at 30 at 37 years old, being an unrestricted free agent. That's pretty hard, I would say just for the age that he's going to be. He'll be 37 in 2026, trying to find a closing role. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays in Houston. But like you were saying, too, I mean, the bullpen looks very remarkable. And if you're looking back in 2022 in the postseason, that was the big key part. And, we, I mean, we've talked about this before, of that Astros team and that Astros run to win a World Series was the bullpen. And we talked about multiple teams having that situation. Atlanta Braves, Washington Nationals, uh, obviously the Texas Rangers this past year. It's great to have so much damn that bullpen that could, you know, especially in the back end to give you all these, you know, you're you're feeling comfortable if you're on the field knowing you got a guy like Brian Abreu, Ryan Presley, and Josh Hader. Absolutely. And just think about it too. If Rafael Montero could get back into the form that he was in 2022, 
then by all means, look look at that six through nine. Yeah. If you get you get a good five innings from your starter, right there, you're feeling damn near confident that you're gonna win that ball game with a one run lead. I would say. And I'm speaking that into existence as well. I think Rafael Montero does bounce back. Um, and you get the Marshall Montero that got those that like got those big bucks. And like you said, that with Montero on point, man, that that Pope is going to be hard to beat in the back end. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, if you could get him going for 24 and like I was saying, I mean, six, seven, you already got seven through nine back in the bullpen's all good. But if you could get Montero into that six inning kind of play, then this team's going to take off. Uh, looking at his stats real quick in 22, he had a five, two record with a two thirty seven ERA, one of his best seasons in his MLB career. So, if you get a guy like that to get going, by all means, this team could continue to be scary throughout the season. And not just that, but the Astros know the regular season, it does matter. But the Astros buckle down. They figure it out when it comes to the postseason because they know October baseball is the more most important thing than any other you know, month in yeah. baseball. So oh, and then, then even oh, real quick, Astro Wharf Craig said, it's Forrest Whaley time. In my dreams, which he he could be a pivotal part to this bullpen if he can stay healthy. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, again, that'd be interesting how it plays out. But I'm I'm pretty sure if the Astros have a lead late. It's gonna take a lot of team effort from the other team to lose that, or maybe they're just having a bad night. Like maybe they just don't have a good night. But it it looks good on the back end. Now, again, spring training is just starting off, so there's not too much news coming in for spring training, but as spring training develops, you will see some new guys stepping in, you know, like those young guys will have a little bit more for you. So like now we're going to move on to the off season and there's some mixed emotions on the new Nike vapor jerseys. I don't know if you heard, but they're having a new Jersey with it's like recycled material, supposed to be lighter, uh, you know, supposed to like reduce, I guess a little bit more environmental friendly. Well, Lots of baseball fans and former MLB players have expressed their thoughts on new jerseys as well. I don't know if you've seen them, though. Have you seen them in person? So I was thinking about it, and they had mentioned the jerseys from this past year's All-Star game were the jerseys that they're now putting into play for this year. Oh, so they were, like, the All-Star game was kind of like the experience. It was kind of a, yeah, it was kind of a sneak peek of the jerseys to come no fans no baseball fans knew that those were the jerseys you know and if you feel the material you can feel a difference like you you could feel much lighter not much lighter but more uh it's thinner that's what i'm trying to say okay and then this is from justin toscano who's a beat writer for the braves uh he mentioned that mlb posted uh translated a statement from Ronald Acuna Jr. about the jerseys, and this is what he said. He said, these new uniforms fit better and feel lighter. I play fast and want to wear something that won't fool when I'm running. Feeling free in a jersey is the best feeling in the world, is what Ronald Acuna said about the jerseys. And then this is based off Yahoo Sports, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Mikolas, I think his last name said, Mikolas, is that they look cheap. The jerseys are cheaply made. I don't know. I feel like if you're a major league baseball, who you listen to, Ronald Acuna, Mike Mikla. So, 
He, he did also say they didn't fit right. Pants are no longer as customized, and the fabric is very different consistency. The only thing I would say for the jerseys is if you look at the past jerseys from Majestic to the first year it was de debuted with Nike, the last names in the back. And just recently, I saw a picture of Justin Verlander's name, Verlander. It's more curved. I don't know if you've seen that. Is it? It is more no, curved. Like, like the letters are almost touching the number. And just think of an MLB player with a long last name, like uh, Ellie De La Cruz, for instance. He has De La Cruz in his back of his jersey. Uh, and Jared Saltam Lillamachia was still playing. Yeah, the, but, the, whole, yeah. the whole jersey, <laughs> the whole letters would be wrapped around or, on the uh, out part of it. Or uh, D Strange Gordon. Remember he changed his name. Oh yeah, you could put Strange and then the dash and then Gordon. Oh, you're uh, right. I just saw it right now. You see right it, right? Yeah. And, and feel free to comment on the jerseys. What do y'all think? We want to hear your opinion uh, about the new MLB Nike Vapor jerseys um, because it, it's been a huge topic in baseball, not just for the fans, but for the players and you know other MLB personnel. But um, but yeah, I think I mean, I just say. Just wait till the end of this like little run because usually fans will get upset about something, and then later on it kind of cools down and things like that, and then people are are back to buying yeah. jerseys. But just thinking about, I mean, look look at the Springer one I have in the back. Yeah, it's a little like, more. It's uh... not that round. More, I think now you would see the S and the R more curved. Yeah, down. I get you. I get you. I get you. But. Yeah, but I feel like it's like it's changed. Like, like you said, I feel like people are always overreact a little bit with change, and then it's it's just it takes some getting used to. But I feel like Ronald Acuna improves and MLB approves. The the number one MLB player last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you saw. Um, well, have you been to Kauffman Stadium? I haven't. That's been a bucket list of yeah. mine, but I've yet to to been to Kauffman, the big K. The, the thing about the Kauffman Stadium is. I kind of like how it, the screens and like it's a small screen, but it's kind of shaped you know, as, as a crown. Well, yeah, that may that may not be any longer, much longer, because the Royals share some pictures via X on the vision of a new ballpark in Kansas City. This was gonna be a little bit more in the downtown area, if I'm not mistaken. It's the KC Crossroads neighborhood ballpark. It's next to T-Mobile Center, and we'll have a KC Live. So those of you who've been to Texas Live, you know, it's kind of like a little concert, you know, little festivities they have there. In the future, um, do you think we'll be getting more entertainment centers like live areas? I know the Astros are trying to do something like that, but so what do you think? Like, you think that's like the future for MLB ballparks? I mean, if you're looking at it now, that's what it looks like right now. I mean, just think about the revenue that they're getting in just from baseball fans coming and visiting, not just locally, but you got fans coming from other states visiting their favorite team or just want to hit a ballpark in their their collection. So I think this is going to continue happening because now you're seeing that with, with KC. The other episode that we had talked about uh, Chicago, the White Sox. So I think entertainment centers are going to start going up. They're, they're going to continue increasingly being involved, trying to renovate some plans, try to get away to not just, you know, after a ball game, you know, you have your local sports bars, your local restaurants around, but try to continue after a great game, let's say on a Friday night, Saturday night or Sunday, or even any night, you could go to the entertainment center, chill out, talk with your buddies and continue having a great time. So I honestly think this is not the end of it. I think it's just going to 
continue going. Yeah. And if you've been to Texas Live before, there's a hotel. There's a, like I said, little bars, entertainment, area, food you can have. I think Lorenzo has been a victim of the hotel prices <laughs> recently on that end. But yeah, I agree with you there. I think uh, I think it will happen. And it'll be interesting to see just the way he, if Houston were to make a live center, just because of the space. I like I'm like I know they're trying to use an old parking lot uh, there, but it's just like are they gonna close down the street? Because you know how it's like right in the middle of Texas. Like Texas mm-hmm. runs on this side as well. So it's kind of a busy street as well. So I'll be kind of interested to see how that plays out. I wonder what the reason is for that. Unless they not, I mean, right the, the, the real quick, the parking space that was right there for, I believe it was home play. There's a bar there, grill. Right? Yeah, something like there was a bar there. But Yeah, so if they, if they put it right there and then add, because I think there's another parking space on the next, uh, you know, across the street, I think right there would be perfect. If you just build think. right there and then the other space right there, I so think people it's just cross the street or what? Yeah, basically, because if you go to, I mean, like you're saying, for instance, Texas Live, Live is just right there by Globe Life Field. And I can say that for the battery, too, because I visit uh, Truist Park. The battery is just right there next to uh, to the ballpark. So all it is is walking distance. It's not too far. So. I think that's that's right there. They they did talk about that. I want to say being mm-hmm. right there, or was it in yeah, yeah. center field? No, it was in center field. It was it was what you're saying. It where that old bar used to be. Okay, so yeah, per, it would be perfect right there. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, again, everything's close by. Um, pretty much, it's just again the space. I would say, you know, it's not that big of an area. But moving on, women make major league history. Jenny Canver has been hired as the athletics primary play-by-play announcer per NBC Sports Athletic. She becomes the first female primary play-by-play voice in Major League Baseball, um, in Major League history. According to MLB AAA umpire Jean Powell is scheduled to work Major League Spring Training Games. She'll be the first woman umpire signed to Major League Spring Training Games since 2007. Honestly, I, I like it. I like it. I feel like sports are for everybody. Uh, like, I know they put, like, Major League Baseball gets some backlash on that, but I love it. Uh, I think again, like sports are for everybody. Um, there's no, it's a boys' game. It's a you know, something like that. And I, that, you know, I like. It. And I feel it's a good change. Like I know basketball's already starting it, FIFA as well, NFL as well. I think baseball is a little bit behind in that area, but but you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, they did last year. I think there was like the first woman's. Play by play. I mean, I think it was like a whole women's ball cast. I can't remember. I, I think, think so. Julia Morales was yeah. a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought so. that was the first step right there. And then after that, I mean, I think it's taken off. I think it's great for baseball. Like you're saying, you're seeing other leagues do it. And why not baseball? You know, everybody's for the game, not just for one specific gender, but every gender I'd say involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mate. I love it. And hopefully it's more to come. <laughs> She got better than Angel Hernandez. <laughs> oh man, Asher Warfare. I believe what it. A, what a good one. What a good one. I believe it. I believe it. Um, and then lastly, I don't know if you heard. This was kind of recent. Like I'm, I'm speaking of a few hours on this Thursday night on this live recording. Is Rob Manfred's tenure as Major League Baseball Commissioner will come to an end in 2029? So. He reiterates that he will step down as commissioner in January. So, like in the offseason, 
after his five years expire. Now, he did have to say this, and, and so honestly, I kind of like this idea. I mean, kind of like a little trade, like a little free agent signing period. Uh, Manfred, on the offseason free agents, he said, we would prefer to have a free agent sign, signing period, ideally in December with a deadline that drove people to make their deals. And I like it. I feel like the market will be so much. It'll be like kind of more of a bidding war at that end because you have to meet this deadline. But my thing is, what happens if they don't like this free agents don't sign the deadline? So, like for example, say Blake Snell doesn't. Agree. I mean, like w- what's happening now, right? Say mm-hmm. this uh, deadline reaches and you still have a guy like Blake Snell in the free agent market, like can he not play? So obviously, there's just like it's what he like. It's what's in the works right now. There's I'm sure there's be more discussion, but that's just my feedback. Like I wonder what's what happens then. Yeah, real quick. I agree with you. I think it's good because think about this offseason. It's been slow. It has been after Shohei Otani had signed, about to say that. everything just went ghost town. Like it just didn't, you didn't hear no big name signings after Otani besides Josh Hader. But after that, I mean, because you want the ball to continue rolling because look, it's already February. The March is going to be here pretty soon. Spring training is going to start. The next thing you know, opening day is going to start. You got key free agent and then- players like Bellinger, Snell. Jordan Montgomery, you still got those guys, you know, still not to sign with the team. And the thing is, yes, I'm sure they're staying in shape. Like, I'm sure uh, Blake Snell's pitching from a mound already. I'm sure Jordan Montgomery's throwing is, re- is ready. And it's it's still going to take them some time to get baseball ready, though. Like, like I'm sure they're staying in shape. I'm sure they, they won't be too far behind. But it's just like you still got to make a connection with the – with your teammates, you still got to know the coaching staff. You still have to know this. Like, it's not like football where you have to learn a whole playbook and setting a guy this late will throw him off, like, you know, a few weeks. But it's still, like, I don't know. I feel like to be part of the team, it's better to join the guys in spring training, you know, ro- get the ball rolling early. And then I feel like now if Blake Snell – like, I feel like if Blake Snell signs this week, he should be good for opening day. But if you start pushing it a week or two, you might – see um might be behind a few days like a few weeks or so yeah and i think that's the biggest thing for pitchers though pitchers in general yeah. having to learn a new you know a catcher for instance like like we could say yiner diaz right now because he's the catcher for the astros um he has to learn every pitcher pitcher has to learn you know what he likes diaz has to learn what that certain pitcher likes they have to be on the same page and this isn't kind of a it, it could be a one month kind of thing but you know, it may take some a little bit more longer than others. So I think that's the, I, for me, I think that's the biggest part for, for this type of, if, if Manfred's going to establish this, I, I agree because now you're looking at the pitchers now and going into spring training, like you're saying, if Blake Snell could sign right now, then he shouldn't have a problem. But at the same time too, I think you have to be ready at a certain time because I feel like you'd be, you're going to drag if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why pitchers and catchers report first for spring training. It's just a given, right? They, they, they both need more time, like you said, to know each other. Pitchers need more time to get ready. Um, even if they go pitch every five days, like that arm, you know, like you've seen a big influx of arm injuries. So they need to get in shape. I feel like Cody Bellinger will be fine if he signs later. Like, just look at Jordan Alvarez uh, last year. He, like he didn't really play swing training, but came out smoking the ball. I feel like a like a position player, it's really not a big deal. But for pitchers, it's it's a lot. 
it's a major deal for them. Real quick, give me the three destinations for those guys we had said: Blake Snell, um, Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery. Real quick, on the spot. I say Jordan Montgomery, Red Sox, uh, Bellinger, the Cubs, and Blake Snell surprise team. Give me Toronto Blue Jays. Wow, Blue Jays. Many pitching. Yeah, line. I mean, I'll go like you were saying, Montgomery, Red Sox, Bellinger, Cubs. I'm gonna say he's gonna go the West, and he's gonna go to the Los Angeles Angels. No, I didn't say Dodgers. I was like, no, 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 no. Dodgers already got their starting. Dodgers already got their starting pitching. There, I think they're pretty good where they're at right now. Um, but the Angels could be a, you know, that could be a game changer right there. Getting oh, a yeah. guy like, that. I can see that, dude. But imagine Blake Snell for the Blue. Blue Jays, Gary Cole for the Yankees, Montgomery for the Red Sox, and uh, Corbin, Corbin Burns, Burns for the, the Orioles. Orioles. <laughs> Dude, that that's pretty sick for the AO East. Yeah, that that's pretty sick. Yeah, and then I don't know if you saw uh, the Baltimore Orioles schedule. I think they play like under five hundred teams the first uh, few games, and then. The I think the Yankees have a tough schedule, and I think the Blue Jays have a tough, like, a tough schedule as well. So, oh, Speak, and then speaking, we talk- of the, speaking of the Orioles, real quick, Kyle Bradish. Oh yeah, he got a UCL strain, which UCL is your. Okay. I can't find my and my elbows right here. Yeah. Owner collateral ligaments, as that could be kind of prolonged to Tommy John surgery. Tommy John, yeah, exactly. So that that is a that is a massive loss for the Orioles, especially in the beginning of camp. Yeah, but I mean, everything about next season is better catch it early because I think, if it, like, like if he were to get surgery now, he'll be ready for next year's spring training. Because like the reason McCullers is off and Luis Garcia is off because they got in the middle of the season, so that's why they're not. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it's last but not least, real quick, Angel, Manfred did also mention about possibly having two expansion teams before his tenure ends as MLB commissioner. What do you think about that? I can see it. I mean, I think it'd be good for baseball. Uh, I think Nashville might need a team. You know, and uh, I wouldn't even be surprised Las Vegas, like you said, uh, as well. So, uh, well, La- Las yeah. Vegas would have the Oakland Athletics. Oh, that's true. I forgot some white I forgot about that. Oh, maybe so, like maybe another Canada team. Another can can okay, Montreal. Uh, Bring back the, the bring expos. back the expos. Not not bad. I'll, I'll go with Nashville too. I think Nashville um, deserves one. I think Charlotte. Yeah, I think Charlotte the sleeper. Uh, real quick, I did see this on front office sports at FOS. If I could find it, um, they were talking about Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I found the tweet. It says the leaders behind Salt Lake City's bid for an MLB team, the Larry H. Miller Company, have unveiled a 3.5 billion, 100 acre development plan. The Power District, as it's called, could feature a new MLB ballpark and begin construction later this year. Okay. So if you have if you have your phones out, go to FOS. Front office sports, and they'll they'll show the pictures of it. But looking at the pictures right now, dude, it looks nice. It looks it, the mountains in the background. I mean, 
I wouldn't be opposed to because I, to me, having a scenic view, if you're sitting behind home plate and having that scenic view look over like the mountains, I think that's that's unbelievable right there. I think Salt Lake has what the Salt Lake Bees, which is a triple A for the Angels, right? Yeah. Yeah, for the Angels. I'm sure a major league team would be nice over there too. Chad Lopez. If they think Fenway is bad, Utah is gonna be nasty work. Fenway's historic though. Fenway is historic. You you cannot knock that place down. You just can't. I think he means like the like the fans, like you know, it's just like, I think you know. How oh, okay, got yeah. you, got you, got you. Yeah, Utah Jazz, Houston Rockets. I've always heard about that series. Uh, I've always heard about Utah Jazz fans in general. They they've said they're they're very harsh over there. Yeah, so. yeah, because I mean, I don't know. Like I like I like I know the worst parks. Which new things the worst? I would say like either Yankee Stadium. I feel like it's like it's hard. Oh, I've I gave my thoughts on that one. I, I'd say. um Guaranteed right field. I thought the south side of Chicago wasn't. It was. I mean, I got I got told because I accidentally spilled my Chicago dog. I took a bite of it and all the, almost all the feelings fell off my dog. And I had somebody look behind me and kind of told me something. I was like, you know, my fault. It's not my fault that I try to take a bite of a hot dog and have all the stuff fall. I mean, my fault. Like, shoot. It's not my Is fault it? that you put half a tomato and half a and half a dill pickle inside a, a chicago dog and i'm curious what they say is this podcast appropriate what they told you or no it's not podcast appropriate. oh man it is not it is not uh chad lopez real quick the rays need a new field it's atrocious, atrocious. which i mean i think they have talked about it though they, they've talked about possibly having a new field over there in uh, tampa bay st petersburg so that the trop won't be the trop i don't think anymore yeah, but that is the end of our show. Of course, there was a lot of talk about Major League Baseball, but of course, we had to talk about the Astros. Um, like we were talking about the concern that's Astro Spring Training is it major, is it minor? Uh, let us know, give us you know, share your comments below, let us know what you think. But our banner's right there, our ticker full steam ahead on X, FSA full steam ahead on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. Um, What's our other one? Instagram, YouTube as well. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, uh, our podcast platforms, we got Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, hit that subscribe button. Let us know. Give us a follow. Give us a rate. Let us know. Um, Chad Lopez, again, one final time, Rangers on top. Yeah, that, that is not the way you want to end this podcast on Nationals Podcast. But, Andrew, you got anything else before we sign off? No, just peace. Thank you for listening, and we appreciate all the comments, retweets we uh, we, uh, we get from y'all, and we appreciate it. Special guest will be joining us on Monday. Special guest will be joining us on Monday. I don't know if we we're going to do another YouTube live or just, just find it on Tuesday morning, but we'll let you know. I'll give you a hint, Angel. Network. I'll just say that. So when you think all of right. network in baseball, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I already know who it is. Yeah, right now. But until then, y'all stay safe. Have a blessed weekend. Um, And we'll talk to y'all next week.